Hey, hey, on this episode of Snap and Chance Wrestling, guys, we are officially on the road to WrestleMania, and the road looks like it's already got a bump in it. Gotta listen to the show to find out. Also, we've waited for a little bit, but we're finally ready to talk about Vince McMahon and all the allegations set against him. So if you want to find out what happened on Raw, what this bump is, and what's going down with Vince, you gotta listen to the show. Snap and Chance, here we go. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Snap and Chance. I am your host, Bobby Sampson, joined with my man with the master plan, Mr. Chance. Michael's Chance, how are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? I can't complain, man. Uh, Raw's in the books. The road to WrestleMania has officially started. The first stop was in Tampa Bay. Um, Already, the road has occurred some serious bumps along the way, man. I think the whole... It changes WrestleMania. Let's get into the it. The dog's on the camera. Tell everybody the name for your, of your dog. It's right behind you. He's checking you out. Or she oh, out. Mabel, yeah. You know what? Mabel usually doesn't Keep really... Do, uh, this is the first time she was scratching at the door. I've never seen her. I've never ever seen her. She, Like I said, man, this is the first time. I don't know what it means. Or, or maybe I'm just her favorite for the moment. But Welcome was, to the show. Dude, yeah. Well, welcome, Mabel. I have a guest appearance by Miss Mabel. Um... <laughs> I didn't even notice. I completely forgot about her. Um, so, yeah, like I was saying, sorry. The road to WrestleMania has begun. We start raw with CM Punk coming out. 48 hours removed. Tore his tricep. He's out. He's out of WrestleMania. Not at work either, man. This you know, he looked bad in the ring. I was saying that, you know, in the road. He didn't look good. So, and even if, even, I don't know when he tore the tricep, what part. He was only in there for about five, ten minutes. So, I'm not sure, but... He's just, and I hate to dump on the guy because I actually thought he cut a good promo tonight, but he's definitely a shell of his former self. He's not taking care of his body. He's not dieting properly. I'm not saying that contributed to his tricep injury, but um, I think it's a good thing that he's not at WrestleMania. Give some of the younger talent a chance, get a push, maybe Drew, Gunther, get a spot. I thought he cut a good promo. I've never heard him be so honest before. He talked about Chad Gilbert, the guy with cancer, it's a sad situation. He talked about how he failed at UFC. He was very vulnerable, but very honest. And you bring Drew out. It looked, I thought, oh my God, Drew's going to come out there and say, I love me, bro. I'm sorry. And then Drew did the ultimate heal. He's like, I prayed for this. He stomped on his arm. Man, that was beautiful. Drew McIntyre right now is on fire. That was a great piece of work, a great way to kick off Raw. And my hat's off to both those guys. I thought it was a stellar, stellar uh, opening segment. You? Yeah, I, I had no problem with it. And, you know, it, it was a bit of an emotional thing. Well, I'll get into that a little later. Remind me when we get to Cody. Uh, you know, it, it looked like Punk, like you said, he was really speaking. Like, this was more of a shoot promo. That wasn't fake. That was legit, yeah. Legit, like his eyes welled up. And, you know, he really put emphasis on the fact that, yeah, it sucks, right? You know, this is what I came back for. But, you know, there's more to this than just wrestling. There's life. I like that. You know, and it's it's a true indication of there are worse things happening to people in this world. And, you know, I love that. I really did. That it was great. It was great. And that really showed a side of punk that we have not seen before. So I thought that was really good. I got a good idea. And I was thinking about it when I listened to him talk. Why not keep him keep him relevant? He's out, what, six months? So he'll be back, let's say, SummerSlam. Why not put him on one of the commentating teams? Why not get him out there? Keep him relevant. Keep him going. He can sit there. 
join Raw or SmackDown and uh, add his two cents and, and keep them keep them vibrant. I don't yeah. think they will, but that's what I would do. I think he would do a great job on commentary. He's well spoken. I mean, he knows. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe that's an option. Let's see what they do first thing. Let's get it all repaired. You know, get through the emotion yeah. and whatnot. I mean. Regardless, he's the most unluckiest guy in the world. Fired from AW, you sign a big deal, and boom, you get hurt. Your first time on TV. That's so, man. The same thing kind of happened to him when he went to AEW. He blew out his knee, and he was out for a little bit there as well. So a lot of you could tell his knee was bothering too in the rumble. He wasn't walking straight. He was humped, hunched over. A lot of inactivity, and that really shows. I mean, again, that happened to The Rock. I granted it, it was a kind of different injury, but when he fought Cena the second time, he injured himself again. That inactivity, you can train and train and train, right? But I mean you're still susceptible to injuries because your yeah. body can't contort, you know, like when you're in that controlled environment of training, it's a different story, but when you're, yeah, out, when you're live, you push it. Yeah. When you're pushing it. These things are going to happen. That's why you got to get matches under your belt. Um, you know, as before we get onto that, that just kind of reminds me of Jade Gargill right now. The biggest problem with her, this is what I'm hearing from backstage is that basically that she needs to put more time in. She forgets shit. Right, because she can't, yeah, she can't remember what's going to happen. Well, then you know what? Just call in the ring. Then you don't need to remember anything. Call in to go. Right, right. But this is the problem. Her, she doesn't have like for some reason or the other. The knock on her is she doesn't remember spots in general. Yeah, I know, I know. It's too bad. Most of her stuff is so quick, and she's so dominant that she's never really had to work. This is the delay in her her being, you know, front and front and center is because of this. So, you know, she needs to do her matches short till she gets it down and just do a lot of, you know, training in the center. And if she wants a WrestleMania moment, if she wants to be on the WrestleMania card, in my opinion, and I'm not there, you're not there, but in my opinion, what needs to be done is she needs to get on the road. She needs to do some home shows. She needs a natty, right? Honestly, right now, she needs natty. Natty would be the one she'd work with, get her on the road. Get some matches under her belt, build her up, man. That's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah. That's the same thing they did with Ronda. And, you know, I think that's what she needs right now. I mean, she looked great. I have no problem. Looks great. Moves great. Moves great. But she needs to learn the business. And this is where, yeah. again, you know, I'm not knocking AEW, but this is the stark difference of being in AEW compared to being in the WWE. Absolutely. Night and day. Even even the mid card guys that go over from WWE over to AEW don't need any extra training. In fact, they're teaching them. Yeah, they've got such what WWE trains wrestlers the best. You know, they got some of the best trainers in the world. Yeah, yeah. So back to Raw. First hour is completely free. Is that lack of sponsorship because of Vince? I don't know. I don't know. No, I think it's something special after. Yeah, but it's, it was it's kind of nice that way. I know. I just wanted to throw that out. No, there. I know. I know. Uh, so we start off with DIY versus the Judgment Day. Now, this is a funny thing about Judgment Day. Like, I know you always harp on them, but for yeah. the first something clicked that you've been saying and saying and saying, I'm always trying to find the positive, and I still think they're fun to watch. But mm. it occurred to me that every week they start off the show saying how they have to show everyone how dominant they are. People are forgetting. Mm. So, shit, man. <laughs> People forget <laughs> within six days of how dominant you are because that's how they have to start to Yeah, show. why do you have to keep reminding us? Just do it. Fair enough, fair enough. I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, yeah, so we get the match. Pretty solid match. I'm not going to lie. It's a good I, match. Watching these guys work, even Damien looked good. I think the only knock I had on the match was Damien's ring gear. It looked like he was wearing a woman's top. Um, yeah, with, I don't know what was up with that. It just looked weird. It looked like he had a steering wheel in the middle of his chest. I don't know why I... I 
I, I focused on that, but for me, that was my takeaway. Like the match itself was a lot of fun. Um, I dump on DIY a lot. I got to give them credit for a couple of things. Number one, I like how they wear the same color gear. You don't see that anymore. Yeah. Very rare. So they look good as far as the team. And uh, they put on, they do some good moves. They're very cohesive. They, they work well. They work better together than um, Priest and Ballard as far as a tag team of cohesiveness. I noticed they had some real cool moves and they're working their butts off. They know that the little guys are trying to get, you know, back up the card a bit and they work their butts off and it was a very good match. The chemistry. Now, my one knock is on the whole Raw. Pat McAfee, I thought, stunk to show up. He flubbed it. He told you that Michael Cole's the greatest of all time. And then he told you that uh, Judgment Day is the greatest. Everybody's the greatest of all time with this guy. He's so over the top. And I'm not a big fan of having him there all the time, to be honest. I'd rather have uh, Wade Barrett out there. Okay. So speaking on that, both Wade Barrett and Kevin Kelly have been replaced. They're, they're both off now. So where's Corey Graves? He's going to SmackDown? Well, Corey Graves is already on SmackDown, so Michael Cole's doing double duty again where he's going back and forth. I mean, we can't have Michael Cole doing double duty. You got somebody else. They don't have anyone right now, man. Yeah, honestly, because they get they, they let go of Kevin Kelly, uh, Kevin Patrick. Uh, yeah, he's not great, but you got to give him some time. There was not much fanfare about it at all. And then Wade Barrett, unless he's away or something, maybe Wade's going to go over to SmackDown. No, because they said McAfee's a new Raw guy for a while. So maybe Wade's going to go over to SmackDown. And take over there then for for him, and so it'd be Graves and and uh, Barrett on SmackDown, and you'd have Cole and um, who would you say on SmackDown? Barrett and who? Barrett and and uh, Graves, Corey Graves. But Corey Graves can't do the play by play though. No, but but it would probably yeah he can he could probably do it. I don't think so. He's he's more of a he's more of a broad class journalist. Who's going to call SmackDown then? Cole's going to do double duty still. Then Michael Cole double duty until the match. Bring out man. That call up Mike Tanay, man. Call up Mike Tanay and get him out of retirement. They bring up Vic Joseph from NXT. He's the only other guy. You know what? I'm not saying Kevin Patrick was great, um, but you know, give him a little bit of time. Let him get his groove. It takes time. It does take time, but these guys make. He does better than Mac if he doesn't. Mac, he's got the star appeal, and I get all that. But like, he's more rehearsed. He's more uh, researched. Mac, if he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Well, I mean, McAfee's only been back for a couple of shows, so let's no, I know. Well, you should become researched and prepared, dude. You don't even—he doesn't even know what he's saying half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, very quickly, Judgment Day wins the match. Uh, you know, I'm—I'm I'm just going off the top of my dome here, brother. Uh, yeah. Ga, a Ga, and a Razor's Edge on Gargano to finish the match. Or no, sorry, on on Tommaso Ciampa to yeah. finish the match. So, solid match. Good start good to match. Ross started out really good tonight. Opening this first hour was great, and you know what? Oh, I, I even enjoyed the Chelsea and Piper against Shayna and uh, what's her partner's name? Um, Starks, Dar- Starks, Zoe Starks. Yeah, 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 that was a good too. Even that was fun, right? And, and I'll be honest, man, I like what they're doing with Chelsea here this unsure kind of character, and you know, kind of moving out of the way, but still be looking good and doing it. Like, she's she looks really fluid, very, very talented. She's a lot of fun to watch, and you know I'm glad that she's 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 getting this opportunity now because every time she's tried, she's gotten injured in some way. So good yeah, on her, true. you know. And uh, yeah, so that that was very quick. Shayna and Zoe won that match. Um, then we get into the Cody promo. Now, as we talked about Punk earlier, you know, being emotional, Cody was very emotional in this promo as well from the beginning, anyways, saying that you know we create this program and this entertainment for, for two to three hours a week so you guys can get away and, and escape whatever it is that you're dealing with. And that's the case for a lot of people who watch wrestling. It's an escape. Absolutely. Right? 
for, from issues and problems. It's a few hours that you can actually forget about things and just enjoy. Just laugh something. and joke, yeah. Joke, right? He was real here for a moment when he said that, you know, this weekend I really needed you guys. And you could tell he was on the verge of tears. I don't know what that's about. I don't understand it fully. But, you know, that was something that I took away again. Like, both these two guys were very emotional. I can understand the Punk thing. You know, he's hurt. He wants a WrestleMania spot. Punk will probably never, ever headline WrestleMania, man. He's going to be 47 next year. So maybe he will, maybe he won't. But I'm not sure what, what Rhodes is crying about. I guess it's emotional. He won the Rumble. But, like. I think it's just the whole journey, everything with, with his dad. You know, the constant, you know. You know, this is one man, you know. He, he was constantly reminded of his father, even to this day. So he always says, Dusty's kid. Dusty's yeah. larger than life, right? No, no, no. But I, he, I'm sure he gets it. I'm sure he gets it as well. But again, I, I can understand that emotion that he's showing that, you know, like you feed off the fans as well. Maybe you don't yeah. have to be, maybe you're not feeling up to par. I hate to be say this and there's nothing wrong with men crying. And I'm not trying to be an alpha male and be a jerk but how many men can you have on raw cry to start this the first hour of the show and i get it the cm punk thing and then you got cody out there crying wasn't it last week seth was crying like it's just like wow it, it is what it is but i think that's what they're trying to bring to it is a bit of that sense of, of reality as well so who knows man like mm -hmm. i said i picked up on it because it just seemed out of you know just it just out of nowhere the punk one i can understand like punk when i get under 100 percent like I can understand that emotion, like considering oh shit, this close, this close, this and, close to headlining up being in the main event, he's not getting it. Right, right. And to be honest, maybe they knew this injury was gonna happen, or they knew about this injury when it happened there. And maybe that's why Cody went over. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Who knows? Right? You know what I mean? Like maybe it was punks to win, but once he realized he had done something, he said, Look, something's wrong. They changed up. Why? Yeah, it's possible. They changed it on the fly and gave it to him. Who knows? Yeah. Who said said to the referee, referee whispers it, and away you go. So Cody comes out, he cuts his promo, he talks about everything, you know, the, the, the Royal Rumble, his emotions and everything. He's about to make it official. And Seth music hits. And Seth comes up. So Seth comes out, and this is the first time I think in the history of the Royal Rumble winner where the champion actually came out to sell his case to him to pick him. Have you ever seen that before? Not that I can remember off. I never thought of it that way, but you got a good point. And yeah, it's probably going to be Cody and Seth now and then Rock and Reigns, right? I'm assuming. I don't know. This is one way to get there, right? I mean, they were talking about Rock or, or, or um, Roman doing double duty at Mania. There's so many possibilities, but this makes the most sense. Based on the storyline trajectory, based based on the character development that both these guys kind of work off of, based on what that title actually, the World Heavyweight title does represent. It is the working man's title. It's the grinder's title. Like, I mean, that's basically what these two guys are. So he makes valid yeah. points. Do you want to go for the Hollywood title where the guy's never ever here to defend it? Isn't this the one that would mean more sort of a deal? So I get all of that, right? I thought it was really good. He lays it out for him. He, he basically told him that Cody's not the man. He tells him that. I Rain, agree with that 100%. I hate to say it, but yeah. I'm the man. I mean, I'm the one who's, since I've won this thing, he's defended it more in the entire time. He's he's had more title defenses than, than Roman has in the entire time he's held the other title. Right? Yep. I Roman is, and I know what they're doing with him. I'm not complaining about it. That works for him. Right? But, but 
Seth is that kind of guy. The title, the world heavyweight title, is the title that he should be going for, in my opinion. And it totally makes sense. But let's yeah. see. You're going to think about it, but I think this is where we're going to go with this. Um, another great promo. I thought it was good. I thought the interaction it was, good. It was really, really like those guys worked really well together. Um, you know, so I have no problem with that. They got next, good chemistry, absolutely. Yeah. Next match, Jay versus Bronson Reed, a match that we haven't seen before. Um, when I was watching this match, it was pretty basic formulation. You know, the big man got his stuff in. He can really move really well. But at the end, impressive frog splash and gets the victory. I almost felt that maybe it would have been better if Rostin won this match. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, I guess you can go either way. I didn't really have a problem with it, but I don't know, I know where, what you're saying. And I don't really know where Bronson's going per se, but I don't think I have a problem with with Bronson taking this one. It wouldn't hurt Jay if he lost. No. No, it wouldn't bother him. Second, I think someone wants. They're trying to, to keep the bloodline and, and like all the Uso guys. They're trying to keep them strong. Right. One second, I got to get the dog out of here. Yeah. Right. Angel, go. Thank you for hanging out. Bye-bye. Sorry about that. No, the yep. one thing I noticed about Raw, the first two hours, there's only three matches, a lot of talking, a lot of promos. I, I thought they could have maybe done one last promo, a couple promo time down, and got another match in, but. You know, it's one thing I did observe. Three well, matches in two hours. The first hour, yeah, but Cody came out at six, right? So the first hour, we got DUI, we got Chelsea Green, then he had the Cody, and then, yeah, you're right. And then we had yeah. the thing. Yeah, no, you're you're pretty much wrong. So what now. I'm saying is, is, is throwing you around, the punk stuff is good, the Cody stuff is good. Maybe shorten them down a little bit, throw another match out there, keep it flowing. I think we would have probably had another match, but they kept cutting to the Royal Rumble promos. They had a lot of all that, yeah. He segmented that 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 uh every what 15 20 minutes it was a Royal Rumble recap, you know, of something yeah. like so a lot of time taken up there. Uh we go backstage. Adam Pierce is with Andrade, your new favorite. Uh guys, <laughs> guys I don't think should be there personally. <laughs> I don't think Adam Pierce has any personality at all. I, I don't like Adam Pierce, man. I like him. I just uh, wonder can you name up like honestly a raw manager that's had at least at least like a less personality than Adam Pierce that you can think of off your head that we've had. Yeah, the computer. Maybe the computer, but man, he's I don't understand what they see in this guy. It's not entertaining at all. That's just my take on him. Jamie. They must obviously like him. You know what? He's doing a good job. I don't have a problem with him. I like his new little kind of um thing that he's trying to get popular now. I need a drink. You know, that's just kind of uh catch catch tag. Yeah, he's- but he's just not like he's not a just not, I don't find him as entertaining. I just find him, he's bland. He kind of reminds me of a little bit of like a Lance Storm, Dean Malenko. Like, just don't find him. This maybe, is me. See, maybe he's been there for a while. Yeah. I mean, can't take that away from him. I mean, he, he's kind of outlasted a lot of them, right? So, speaking of that, I had to bring this up, and I know he's not on Raw. And I was thinking about this after the last SmackDown. One guy, it's, it's going to be controversial. He's been around too long, and I think his act is wearing very, very thin, and that's Paul Heyman. Um, and the reason why I say that he's always doing that hand stuff. Now he's always he's adding all these different words. There's all these things. It's the same stick. He's trying to be a heel. He should come out and say, "I am a bad guy. I didn't pay my workers in ECW. The checks bounced. I am leeching off you, Roman Reigns." But he just kind of comes there like he's doing all this praying stuff. I think it's becoming really cheesy and corny. And I think it's time for him to take a step back a little bit or break him and Reigns up because. I noticed that in the last, every time I see him, I was just way over the top and it's coming off his, uh, 
not natural. Too too over the top and too contrived, I find. I was meaning to say that last show, but I'm just getting sick of it. It's like Hulk Hogan, like, you know, after a while, Vince said, hey, the red and yellow is not cool anymore. It's too much. You got to go. We got to change it up. This Paul Heyman stuff is a little much. It's me. My take. I was going to say a last show, but I forgot about it. You know, I, 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 it doesn't bother me that much, I don't think. Honestly, I can see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, things that bother me, Booker T. I hate his commentating. I hate. No, he's horrible. Right? So, I mean, I can understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah. Okay. And so, I'm not saying Paul Hyman's not an amazing talent. He's great. He's, he's a top, you know, two or three manager of all time. But I'm thinking after a while, put him on commentating. Like, just do something else with him. Like, it's just a little much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, so, listen, I got to rewind a little bit, but we forgot to mention what happened at the end of the um, Judgment Day fight and, and the DIY fight. Uh, they call out. They call out our truth. Our truth comes out and yeah. basically beat him up, and they beat up the Miz, and basically that should finalize that deal, and we should get the uh, awesome truth back together again officially. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, thanks I- for bringing that up. So JD McDonough, he punches our truth between the shoulder blades. A little guy like that drops a big guy like that. The weakest punch you've ever seen. Right between the shoulder. Our truth goes down. At least hit him in the back of the head. Hit him elbow him. But I thought that was so corny. Well, at least our truth knew what to do with it and sold it properly, and you know, he did. And and he made it look better than any than it could have been. There goes a the tag uh, match coming up. Mania probably Miz and Truth versus the Judgment Day. You could already yeah. see that coming. Now, in my opinion, probably the match of the night: Kofi versus Gunther for the. That was good. Uh, solid, solid match. This thing went over three segments long. Solid back and forth. Gunther showing why he's Gunther, but Kofi also showing why he's still Kofi. Uh, Kofi came close many a time, hit many a spots, hard hitting. Gunther was bleeding a little bit from the chops, right? So, I mean, this was a really stiff. It was very good. Um, I didn't like the ending though. That powerbomb just kind of came out of nowhere and just kind of clipped. Then he folded him off, and then yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. I just expected a little bit more at the ending, but the match itself was solid. I guess they're fair that powerbomb was so lethal because he's such a big, strong guy. You're high up in there. He I guess like a, so. I guess, like so, so long it almost feels like, you know, I don't know. I just thought it just ended quicker than it could have. I thought they could have ended it a bit more elegantly, a bit more smoother, not just. Uh, I will say right now, I've said it before. You know, Drew has never been one of my favorite guys, but I have to say the last since you know six months or eight months, right. Drew Kofi. and huh, Kofi or Gunther. We're talking about Kofi. Gunther. No, Kofi, he's, he's he's whatever to me. But I'm saying, um, Drew and Gunther right now are two of my oh, favorites. The way they work. Uh, Drew's promo is really evil. He's big, he's strong. Like he's really coming into his own, and uh, I enjoy every time Drew and Gunther, whether they're talking or whether they're they're working. And those guys are amazing together. Like yeah. amazing. Yeah, I mean they did work together. Kofi's good too. He can work with anybody. Well, I mean that was basically it. Um, Xavier comes out to check on him, make sure he's okay. Out comes the rest of Imperium. Beat down ensues into the ring post, into the ring steps. That's it. That feud carries on. All right. After that, we had a Sammy interview, and he talks about, you know, having to come back and face the man that put him on the shelf in terms of Drew McIntyre. After that, we got Kabuki Warriors. Filler match, I like to say, as much as I don't want to say, but it was just a filler match. Uh, To be fair, during that match, I came up here and I set up the room for the podcast. (laughs) Like I said, every match can't be amazing, right? Well, no, no, no. And I, I like the Kabuki Warriors, but I just knew what kind of match this was going to be straight up. It was Kabuki's 
Tegan and 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 Matt got their spots in, but at the end of the day, Kabuki Warriors, you know, remain mm-hmm. remain what they're supposed to be. Just that the champions. That's a quick match. Now this segment was kind of fun because it kind of sets the tone for 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 Elimination Chamber, which they heavily advertised on this program, February twenty fourth. If anyone missed it from Perth, Australia, Australia. Yeah. it's gonna be huge, man. Um, that's the other reason I thought maybe Bronson should have won because if they're trying to build up the show, you want all your Aussie guys to kind of have some momentum I, going in, eh? I'm not sure if you have, but I've seen the Elimination Chamber live in person. I went there last last year in Montreal. It's a, quite a quite a specimen to see live. Eh? It's 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 pretty um, pretty amazing how they created that and to think of that. It yeah. really hits you when you see it live. Yeah, I know. I can't imagine, man. I'm 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 envious of you. That's one thing you've done that I haven't in terms of. Wrestling shows. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I could have been there with you guys, but imagine it in a stadium like you guys were in the Bell Center. So what? Maybe yeah. thousand people. If now, that, yeah. Now imagine it was sixty to eighty thousand. I know it's going to be insane, right? Grayson um, Waller's going to get a huge do you pop, think, man. Do you think a crowd of that size in a stadium that size makes the structure look smaller? Like maybe in a hockey arena or, or a basketball? No, because this thing is massive. But, but but that's what I mean. It looks even more massive because the stadium itself is smaller, right? Yeah, that's but when true. When you put it in a huge stadium, like if you put that in Allegiant or something, how big would the structure actually look? Yeah, that's a fair point. Right? It's still monstrous. Don't get me wrong. But oh, yeah. In, in that capacity. All right. Bailey comes out. And, you know, we all think she's going to come out and she's going to challenge Rhea Ripley. Uh, she cuts a great promo. She goes, you know, take a picture. Does. You know, first time that, you know, anyone's ever seen this tag team champions, world champion or, or WWE women's champion and the money. Quite an accomplished group. Right. So, you know, she says, like, I've been telling everybody and I thought of you when she said this. Yeah, a lot of people are saying I don't look as good as I did since I've come back from an from injury. I said the last podcast, yeah. Right. I'm like, it's shit. Yeah. she's listening to the show. Um <laughs> My only knock on Bailey, she's wearing 49ers gear, and I can't I can't stand for that, man. So um yeah, trying to troll everybody in Tampa Bay, I guess. Well, maybe, yeah, who knows? I don't see well, why. Was she a 49ers fan, maybe? I'm not sure. Well, she's from there, right? She, she's oh, the she, there you team, go. Right. So I mean that's her team. Um, but respect, you gotta support your team. Yeah, absolutely. She comes out and she's cut off by Rhea halfway through her promo. Rhea says, Hey, listen, you know, whatever she's about to say, and she gets attacked by Nia Jax. Like that, it looks like it's going to be Naya and her at uh elimination chamber for the title. Naya and Rhea, yeah, Naya and Rhea. Now, this is really interesting because she destroyed her, and you know, we haven't seen like, like you said, they've really made her look good and really dominant. Yeah, you need that, you need that big crush, men or women, like, oh, you know, and she's done a great job of looking dominant. Yeah, for all the respect in the world for the work that she's done since she's come back, you know, um, she moves well for you know. a for bigger a big person girl? for yeah, a big girl, yeah, she moves yeah. well. Like like Bronson Reed like and Ivar, yeah, yeah. We'll call it like it is. She looks, she looks, she looks like it's hard, right? So, um, you know, it was really fun. It was, it was a good promo. She beat the tar out of her three leg drops, Ogan esque. I wonder if they have the same effect on her hips as it does on men's hips. Eventually, yeah. Hogan lost. He was six foot seven. Yeah, now he's six foot three you're inches. Built differently, though, right? Because as a yeah. woman, you're built a little differently down there for for the passage of birth and whatnot. So I wonder if if it's a bit easier on their hips. 
I never thought of it that way, but I think you're yeah, on no, something. No, these are yeah. random thoughts. Samson's random thoughts, right? Yeah, no, you're probably right. I was hoping that, you know, they would have, Hogan would have been backstage at Rumble, would have had a little mic moment, a backstage vignette. They were in Florida last two days. and They did a little Rumble thing with them, but it would be cool to see him back there. Possibly. Well, we'll see. I mean, there's still mania, right? Uh, yeah. So she beats she beats her up to Kubiki. Where all the girls are still in the ring. They all leave. Bailey's cornered by Naya. Naya basically tells her, listen, it's probably best that you pick Io to fight at WrestleMania. And I love that camera work. And this is where WWE is amazing. That angle of Io on the ground, like on, on the floor, looking away, you know, kind of contemplating, oh, shit, because Bailey said, Hey, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make my decision on Friday. So, you know, I yeah, think- no, dude. It's uh, I like Nia, Nia Jax. I'm glad she's gonna get some big matches because we need strong women and strong men too out there, right? It just balances the show. Yeah, yeah. All right, so here we are, main event time. Uh, Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre. Drew cuts a little promo before he goes out there, and he says, "You know what?" You've never beat me before. I can count, you know, all the matches we've ever had. You've never beaten me, and you're not going to beat me tonight. Hit my music. Here we go. Hard-hitting match. I love how these guys work. And again, Drew can move very, very well. Oh, Drew? Uh, I think Claymore is one of my favorite finishers. The way he can, like, fly in there like that. His size is impressive. And, you know, I I thought the sending was really good as well. It worked out really well. Now I'm wondering, when when, when Sammy went for the Halele kick, did he really hurt himself? Because the way he grabbed out his groin. Yeah, the way he stretches, it's pretty impressive how he can do that. Right. But but the fact that he went down the way he did and he's grabbing his groin, you know, kind of, either he sells very, very well. He does sell very well, though. But, or did he pull something? Because it looked like, you know, they, I mean, yeah, we were getting close to the end of the time of the match as well. But he finished him, hit him with the claymore. And this is what I like about Drew. You're right. He doesn't give a care anymore, man. He's no, dude, that was a That was actually one of my... I think some of Drew's best work tonight was CM Punk. When I thought at first, oh, we're going to get into this whiny crybaby stuff. Drew's going to say, I love you, bro. And then he's just like, I prayed for this. He just became so evil, stomped his arm, and he just treated him like a piece of crap. And, and it was great. We did it. Yeah. Well, basically, that was wrong, man. Because what were you thinking when Drew walked down the aisle? He was going to be like, I love you, bro, next time. I didn't see that coming. I, did, I, I, didn't, I didn't see that coming at all. That's but, what's good about when they do that. But... I, I thought he would be a little coy. I thought, you know, just because the heel, but I didn't think he would push it to that limit. And he sh- shot at him too. He's like, you were a poison in the locker room. Like, I didn't want you back. You know, like, yeah. he, he let him have it. No, no, it was fun. It was good. I, and you know what? If you're going to develop that kind of character, that's great. And guess what? We have something to look forward to in the future with Punk returning when he returns, right? I mean, he has someone that he can work with and, you know, let's see what they do. But with Punk that. on commentating. WWE is very, very weak across the board in commentating. Yep. Usually they're top notch. I know they're weak. Put Punk on a commentating team. Put Paul Heyman. I know Paul Heyman's doing a story, but put Punk on SmackDown or Raw or something. SmackDown, I guess, because they announced McAfee. But give him a gig. No, let's let's see what that. Let's see what that. All right, guys. Um, that was Ron in a nutshell, man. How are you for doing for time? I'm doing good. Let's get into a little Vinny stuff here. All right, brother man. Let's get into it. So everybody, this past week we had a lot of great things happen in the WWE. The Netflix deal was signed. Uh, Rock was announced that he was going to be on the board now of TKO. That was all on Wednesday, and then on Thursday, the other shoe fell. Mister McMahon 
I think it's finally caught up to him, man. He, he's he's uh, finally he's removed. He has no place in the WWE anymore. Well, he resigned. Yeah, he resigned. He removed right. himself. Yeah, he removed himself. Um, Chance, I read the whole thing today. I actually spent the time reading the whole disposition, all sixty-seven pages of it. I read it twice yesterday and today. Right. So I'm reading it and I'm reading it. I'm reading it, and you know what? Look, man. I'm going to say it really honestly. None of what I read is right in terms of treating someone like that. It's all alleged, though. It's nothing's proven. Pardon? It's all alleged. Yeah, 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 it's alleged. But whatever is alleged, no one should have to deal with that. No one should have to be treated that way. No one should have to be put in that place of fear. Mm-hmm doesn't make sense to me considering the kind of world we live in today where there are so many resources and outlets i can understand this being done in a third world country i can understand this being done in a place where modern values don't exist per se where it's still very traditional uh gender roles are very you know staunch and and set in place it 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 sucks. It really, truly does on my part. Like, I mean, but again, like you said, it's all allegation. All alleged. It's all alleged. But but we also got to take that with a grain of salt. Like we can't, you know, some of it's just bad, man. Well, here's what I, here's what I break it. I read it twice. And I came to the same group both times, right? And and being a guy like who was a manager, I worked on lots of women, lots of lots of night shifts, lots of staff. Most of my staff are women, especially years ago. So here's the thing is um where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Some of those allegations is, are so far-fetched. Some of them is probably true. Um, he should have known better, absolutely. He shouldn't have done that, if that's what he did. Um, we'll see what comes out in the court. Also, a lot of people don't realize Janelle Grant is the original, her friend originally set that email at the headquarters the first time he retired, okay? And so now, because- He's the hush he money girl. Huh? He is the hush money girl. Yeah, well, there's a few of them. Well, no, but, but thing, this, this is the one, yeah, yeah. This is well, the other ones were they, they didn't say anything because he paid them. They, he fulfilled his obligation with the NDA. Right, For right. this one, he didn't fulfill it. Yeah. So her friend, but obviously Janelle told her, um, emailed the you know the board or whatever. And they investigated him the first time and all this money came out over the years and um, he resigned. And then he came back again. The thing is, is that he he had to have known this was gonna come out again because it wasn't settled. So he had to know this was going to story was going to pop up. When he didn't know, I even said I want to roll a podcast. When Vince came back as the chairman of the board, it wouldn't last long. They're going to drive him out. He just made the deal. That's why he sold the company. He knew that something like this would happen. He sold it. He made a ton of money. And he just knew that something was going to happen. This is a very smart guy. Now, if what she's saying is true, then yes, he was wrong what he did. He used his power and, and stuff. Um, He's going to have to go to the court of law and we'll decide and we can go from there. But he says he's going to clear his name. Um, but where there's smoke, there's fire. So, Well, I mean, there's just too many things that kind of fit into place now, if you think about it, in my opinion. One, uh, Kevin Dunn leaving the company when he did. Mm. Um, Steph leaving the company when she did. You know, all these kind of little details are kind of... Yeah, but I don't buy that Steph stuff. Because if you... Let's just say... Because Steph investigated this too, right? So let's just say Steph is disgusted with her dad because he's cheating on her mom. Let's let's just say that's the case. We don't know. 
and you're so disgusted with your dad that you can't work for this evil guy, but your husband can. So I find that to be a total crap. And don't forget, after he, he retired, what did Steph come out and say on SmackDown? Thank you, Vince. Thank you, Vince. So these dirt street riders, 90% are full of crap. If she hated her dad, she wouldn't have came on and said, thank you, Vince. Thank you, Vince. Yeah. she knew. I know. I know. So, I'm, I'm just saying, like, just trying to piece all of it. But of course she's hurt because that's her dad cheating on her mom. I get that. But if if what the dirt street writers are saying, it makes no sense, then she would have said, you know, Hunter, you're not allowed to work for my dad. Yeah. And he would have quit or he would have fired him. And there's another bunch of dirt street writers saying, there is a power struggle between Vince and Jeff. There's no power struggle. He's the boss. Jeff Blake is, is uh, should be fired in two seconds when Vince is the boss. So there's so much untruths. But if he did what he did, what he, she says, and uh, it's, it's horrible stuff. If, if it's true, it hasn't been proven. Well, but, like I said, the, the man, smoke there's fire. Well, the man's going to turn eighty, right? And, 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 and in in a lot of ways, you know, you you're saying where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, bro, there's been smoke around this guy for decades. You know. Like, yeah, but go, a lot of that, a lot of that is jealousy. Right, 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 but let's go back to 1992 or 1982 when he was dealing with the Pat Patterson stuff, where, where they were grooming mm -hmm. their allegations of sexual assault. Then, then there were sexual assault charges in like 1987, 88, and then you had something happen in the 90s, right? Like at, at every decade, there seems to be some controversy. Yeah, but not not. But, but we're, we're twisting though. Consensual sex is not assault, right? So sometimes when you get, I'm not talking about Richard, but you get a man of power and the girl sees him, she's going to say sexual assault, but you did it willingly. So how is that sexual assault? Now well, what she's I, what she's I, claiming is that he used, <laughs> she was vulnerable. Right. She he used her power like if you don't fool with me, kind of hint at her, I won't give you a job. You're kind of broke. We've talked about this off the air as well, and yes, we both agree it's consensual. You know, mm -hmm. there's denying, and that sucks to say, considering some of the things that she consented to, right? Um, but in again, in reading it fully through and through and through again, I realized that you know, consensual to what extent? Like, she's afraid of losing her job. She's afraid of this. She's afraid yeah. of this. The mental toll. Um, but at the same time, the one thing I will say is, with all the with all the little images, the, the um, screenshots, I guess that's what they call them, right? Of, of all the yeah. text messages and stuff. I would like to see her responses more. That's than, all going to come out when they go right, to court. Right, right, but that's what I'm saying. So would I. A lot of what we're seeing is what Vince allegedly said, correct? Mm -hmm. and Absolutely. Whatever, we don't think what she said back. It wasn't good, okay? I keep prefacing that because I don't want anyone to think that we're, we're condoning any no, we're, if. What she's alleging is true. We're saying it's horrible, but it's still an allegation. Nothing is proven. Absolutely. He's not found guilty. Absolutely. So that, right? Absolutely. But what I, through reading through everything, it, it's obviously it's going to be one sided, right? It's mm -hmm. all against of what Vince, Vince, Vince did this. They did that. This happened. Brock came in. Uh, you know, all the stuff that was said about everybody. So I guess you know, we have to hear the other side of the story. But the longer it takes to hear that side, the harder it is to swallow. Is well, the fair? lawyers have told Vince, you shut your damn mouth. His yeah. top ones, you shut your mouth. We'll deal with this in court. Maybe he'll be found guilty. Hey, I'm harder on anybody. Mike Tyson, he's a piece yeah. of garbage. Stone yeah. Cold, I call him a piece of garbage all the time on the podcast. Yeah. Just because of Mike Tyson was convicted in a court of law of raping a woman. Stone Cold beat the crap out of him. I dog these guys all the time on the podcast. So if... Vince, what he did is true. I'll do the same thing for him. It doesn't mean that Mike Tyson is a brilliant boxer. Stone Cold's not a great wrestler. doesn't mean Vince McMahon is not the greatest motor of all time, the most creative genius. But if he did do what he said, and it's got the all dog him the same way, and I talk about Tyson and Stone Cold and all these guys. 
No, and and, and that's completely fair. And you know right. what? That's what I respect about you, my friend, is the fact mm-hmm. that you call it like you see it, man. As I always say, you're no nonsense chance, Michaels. Yeah, I like to call a ball a ball, Mr. Breaker. And I love Vince. He's a, he's one of yeah. my favorite things about him. I, 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 I love the guy. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you think about it, this is another part of my childhood that's being destroyed right in front of my eyes, right? I mean, yeah. Bill Cosby was the TV dad for all of us sort of a deal. Exactly. And, and, you know, he's kind of destroyed now. Like, a lot of the life lessons that you're oh, he's done. From he's the done. guy. Michael Jackson, R. Kelly, all these guys are done. Well, R. Kelly, whatever, man. You know, Michael Jackson, again, same kind of thing. But I mean, Vince, Vince to me was someone I've watched my whole life. I look up to the guy. He looks good. He dresses good. He's brilliant. He's a busy. He's got everything you could want in the wrestling world. And he sucks that this is happening. But if he did do this stuff, and then he's an idiot for doing this and treating her like that. And he didn't need to do any of that. When I was reading it, all he any woman he wants. He just needs to act like that. No, 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 100%. While I was reading it as well, you know, the one kind of consensus that I kept coming to was, is Vince separated from the McMahon character or is this just an extension of Well, he said in the text, he said, outside of it, I live isolated and very quiet. Like, which is true. You never see him at award shows or anything. You either see him backstage or he's at home, right? Yeah, yeah. No, but meaning-wise, like, when he gets into that deviant state, and, and based on what we read, and you know, we're not going to go into the details of the acts or anything like that. No, you gross. just look, you look at when you're reading it, and if you actually close your eyes, you can almost imagine the McMahon character, Mr. McMahon, being that person in that role at the time. And considering some of the things that were written allegedly about how he views different toys and gives them wrestlers' names. You know, like a lot of this aggression and the kind of, you know, behavior that he showed in these allegations that mm. were described and, and the actions that were described. I almost get the sense, like, is he trying to live out the McMahon character in this? No, because most of the characters, the best characters in TV are just the amplification of yourself. Trying to develop kind of flair, Hogan, uh, Stone Cold, Rock, kind of what they are on TV. Off TV, a little more turned up with this sort of the same person. But, but, right? but I mean, it's like Bret Hart never turn it off he was Bret Hart behind this camera in front of the camera like he literally you know Ric Flair another guy those two guys lived their roles absolutely you know, Flair still does right 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 but but I almost feel with Bret psychologically and I don't know why I think this all the time when I think of him he's just one guy that never like he constantly lives in kayfabe yeah you know what I mean? Like he is the character. That's what he is. Like Macho Man was Macho Man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, certain guys like those two guys, different cats. Right. So like, was McMahon almost caught up in the Mister McMahon character? No, I don't think so. He's too smart of a businessman. He knew when to turn it on, when to turn it off. I just think he's just when a sexual think, animal. Yeah. If what she's saying is true. He's a deviant beast, man. Like I mean. Yeah. He's. Right? It's nobody will ever do what he's done in wrestling. He created the biggest company oh, ever. Oh, no. nobody, will, nobody can carry his bags. Nobody in creative will ever carry his bags. He's, he's a genius. And you can see the product now is some of these guys, like the Rumble was lazy. Well, Vince was back to the Negrello. You wouldn't be working lazy. If you were, you'd be reprimanded. Some of these guys that he cut, oh, Alistair Black, Buddy Matthews, we can go on and on down the line. They were cut for a reason. He didn't see a star calling them. I've noticed something about since supposedly he's not running creative anymore the last, whatever, eight months or whatever, you can notice a lot of the AEW style of guys are coming back. And the guys, they always say, 
you're a WWE guy, you look like a Vince guy, right? And but a lot they're trying to get away from that. They're going to the littler guy. And that's not going to drive the casual thing. You need guys that look like stars. And that's what I loved about Vince. He appreciated guys that were built, guys that worked hard, guys that take care of their bodies. You see these other, that's why he cut a lot of these guys. Look at Hit Row. They came out with garbage. And people are saying, wait a minute, he's always three steps ahead. Netflix deal, right? Yeah, it's yeah. sad what he did. If that's what he did, it's a horrible way to, to go. He'll never come back. Even if he's exonerated, he won't ever come back. Ari Man will never come back. He's not the only one. He owns 11%. He's done. Well, I mean, I think we've seen the last of his man in the WWE, in my opinion. I think Absolutely. This, he's done. Yes, yeah, Like, regardless of the outcome, regardless. Think of- about this, dude. When he retired the first time, he came back six months later. He, he came back because he knew, shit, this is probably not going to go away. Let me sell this baby now. And when he sold it, everybody online is like, give it, sell it to Triple H and stuff. They don't even have 10% of the money to buy this company. And why would he give it to them? He is a businessman. He made yeah. the best deal possible because he knew it was coming. If this would never happen, I would have sold it to Ari. No, no, fair enough, right? Like, I mean, you know, he kind of forced himself. Look at his contract with Ari Clyde and said through death or incapacitation. He would have been the chairman of the board until he broke in the chair. But he resigned himself. Because no, it was best for business. Himself, he saw, like, the one thing about Vince, regardless of what he might be going through, or what he's dealing with, or what he's created for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he created he, for himself, absolutely. Should have known better. He, he, he basically still does what's right for the business, right? Every so time. Him resigning, he knew that him sticking around, even though he wants to fight and be stubborn about it, it wouldn't be good for business, right? So no, and even if Slim Jim paused and they came up pause, but it wouldn't have just been Slim Jim. It would have been other things. It would have been more problems going forward. Yeah, the yeah. stock would have went down. It was just well, I mean, Slim Jim was the major pr- promoter or the sponsor for the show, so I think that was enough for it for him to do it. Even and if somebody didn't do that, he was gonna he was gonna resign within the next few days. I, if Slim Jim didn't pull, people forget. Would... People forget. Most of the dirt traders they didn't read the they didn't read the lawsuit. Ari Emanuel's wife. Has worked for many, many years under Vince at WWE headquarters. Most people don't know that because these IWC people are complete morons. I do, I do all the research. He's so Ari's wife has worked for Vince for many, many years in WWE headquarters. So they're they're tight buddies. Ari said, Vinny, come on, you gotta resign. You're gonna sink the business. Get out of here. And he's like, Yeah, you're right, bro. I'm out. I don't want to hurt it. So look, man, the story's fresh. There's still a lot to happen. Who knows where this is gonna go? I mean, there's I think he'll end up selling out of court at the end of the day. Probably, bro, because like I said, at the end of the day, the allegations were consensual. Like right? keep paying them off, right? And, right? So, I mean, this is basically it, right? I mean, okay. No, it's I'm, over. He'll never be part of it call. I, I don't know how to word this otherwise. The biggest mistake he made, A, was all the stuff that happened, allegedly. 100%. If that's the case. Yep. But his downfall would have been, in my opinion, and you and I have agreed on this, why did he just pay the rest of the money? And this probably wouldn't have. I, I know that sounds horrible. Well, who's man. who's a lo- like, You got some of the best lawyers in the world, and your lawyers are gonna let you do that. I don't. I don't get what he was doing. Right. He brought on himself. Um. But I knew when he sold it that he knew. I knew he wouldn't be around long. I just knew that he made the Netflix deal. He made a couple things. He sold it, got cashed up because he knew they're gonna take me down. I'm gonna get as much money as I can. And and everybody's writing. Well, Shane's mad at him. Steph's mad at him. Steph came on to thank you, Vince Chat. So this is all a lot of it's made up, but it's disturbing. Some of the stuff he supposedly did. Look, he did some horrible stuff, but again, it, it just until we see the other side of that deposition. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like I said, we're seeing one side of the story, right? Yeah. So the more you read it, the more it's put out into the public. That's all that people are absorbing, and that's yeah. what 
happens with a lot of these cases is we just keep getting fed and fed and fed this this one side. And a lot of people, especially the newer generation, younger generation, the AW, the IWC crowd, they want this guy gone. They've always wanted him gone. Even prior to this, they don't like a big, strong yeah. money man like he is. And they don't like that. They like the Tony Khan, the geeky kind of guys. And... No, for sure. All right, brother man, I tell you what, yeah. man. Talked it. We've shared our thoughts. We shared our opinions. We don't think it's right, but no, it's not right. None of it's right. None of anything that was written there is right. None of those acts are right, but they're all allegations. We have to remember that, right? Until it's so proven in court, yeah. Let's, let's be fair about it. Let's wait for it to play out, and then dude, Stone Cold blocked me. Blocked me on X, Twitter. He's blocked me on Instagram. Who's that? Stone Cold. Years Why? ago, because I called him out. There's two things that I don't like about Stone Cold. Number one, he beat up his wife. That's cowardly. But number two, Roddy Roddy Piper had an amazing podcast. So Roddy Roddy Piper had a Stone Cold impersonator on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stone Cold I, got pissed off. He got Roddy right removed from that, yeah, for that podcast network. So I went on to Twitter and I went on Instagram and said, hey, dude, that was so gutless we did to Roddy Piper. That was all in good fun. Roddy was praising me. But the guy was just talking like you. And you got him kicked off, man. You're gutless. And he blocked me on Instagram and Twitter instantly. Yeah, that's when they were. I've been blocked by someone. Was, I've been blocked by Oscar De La Hoya, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Matthew Good. Um, oh man, the list goes on and on. Because I'm not saying anything rude to them. I'm just saying, you know, this is years ago. I tone it down now because well, of the podcast, but, but blocked by a few big guys. Oh, and yeah. Ryback blocked me. Who? Ryback. Well, I don't care. Ryback's a jackass. Who else blocked me? Uh, CM Punk blocked me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't say anything rude. I just said, "Hey, man." Are you going to the gym today or something like that? They read that. I get pissed off. So how, do they block you? Huh? how do you know? I'm not a Twitter guy that much. Oh, you well, on Instagram, you just go, you go back to the page that you've been blocked by the person flowing. Wow. That's crazy, bro. I actually, the article's not online anymore, but actually in 20, 2011, 2010, uh -huh. 2011, I sent a couple of tweets to Oscar De La Hoya or whatever. There's nothing rude. It's talking about him about Barry, and they blocked me. Oh, but wow. a boxing writer picked this up. And he wrote an article on me calling out De La Hoya and De La Hoya being soft skin. I, I can't find it online anymore, but all my buddies, all everybody's seen it, man. All right. I don't say anything rude. I never name call. I never say anything rude. I just, you know, I don't do as much anymore. I've had a few. I think maybe you um, should. Then we can get some of these guys on the show. Roger Waters has blocked me. Hey, um, man. I love Roger Waters. But I don't think nothing bad about what? it. I said, dude, he what said something about David Gilmore. I said, his voice is way better sounding than yours. Block. You know what I mean? The stuff like that. Just having fun with them. They're well, sensitive guys. It's not like Roger Perry Waters. Farrell. Perry Farrell blocked me from Jane's Addiction. Yep. Wow, you're that guy, huh? Not anymore. I, I would just say like something like he was out there saying, "I got you guys in my scope, and I'm going to put all these, you know, basic Christian conservatives in line." And I said, "You ain't putting anybody in line. You didn't know what you're talking. about. We knew Alan sucks. Click. You know what I mean? Just, just having some tongue-in-cheek moments, but." Well Chance, I think now that you have a different X platform to work off of, I don't do it anymore. No, maybe maybe we need to bring no nonsense Twitter ex champion chance. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Those are the most famous people that have blocked me that I could think of. Right. If they're listening, if they're hearing, reading what you're saying, then you should say, "Hey, why don't you come on our show and let's talk about it?" Yeah, there's a guy called Mark Lanigan from Screaming Trees. There's been a few guys over the years. Oh, that blocked me. And I like Jim. I think he's an amazing singer. I actually watched him live. He's a great talent. The things that we learn. Stone Cold Only is great too. Chats. Only on Snap and Chats. Okay, Chance, I tell you what, brother man, we have rambled on and on and on, but you know what? Yeah. It's like only five minutes to me, man. So why don't we... That uh, was a good one. Yeah, At the end of the day, I'll say what, what Vince says is horrible, it's bad, it's wrong, allegedly. Um, 
but he's still the greatest promoter of all time, the greatest creative genius of all time. He created so many things. We can't even list them all. Nobody can carry his bags and creative in any company. Nobody has, nobody ever will. Bottom line. Everything we see on television, everything that we see on our tablets and our phones, all the streaming things are all, you know, he's a pioneer at every level of it. Uh, closed circuit TV, no one was doing it until he really started pushing it. Once pay-per-view started to become a thing, pay-per-views became a thing because of Vince McMahon. Streaming yeah. platforms, yeah, people were mm -hmm. dying in it, but McMahon was the one who actually jumped in head first. And now everyone's doing it, right? So, I mean, yeah, yeah he is what he is, but I don't know how people are going to take this, but, but um, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Hitler was also considered a genius, but a deviant, deviant man. Let's just say that, right? I mean, some of the things that, that he invented are still being used today. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, I'm not making the comparison or not. I mean, that you say that, I was actually listening to a book one of my audible books, I listen to lots of them. I probably looked like 15 a year, but it was on Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, all these guys, right? And Hitler had many mistresses, but all the mistresses said he never laid the hands on him. He's never, like, he's a horrible guy, but he never beat them up. He never put his hand on a woman. He was always a gentleman, they said, in that way, but very loving as far as, like, I know he's a murderer, but like I'm saying to the women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I said, I mean, it's just these kind of genius men have these. And he tried to kill himself many, many times Probably. during the war, but people would talk him out of it. Yeah, probably. Like I said, these Van Goghs, Vince McMahon type of characters that are just too smart and too creative for their own good have no outlet for their deviance. There's only one guy, like, you know, still in the game, still running in boxing, is Bobber. He never gets caught up in any of that stuff. He's with his wife. He doesn't play the chick game, you know. He's he's just more little reserve, you know what I mean? He's not quite, like, Bob, Bob Aaron. But, but you never hear this about Bob Aaron. You but know. there's a few guys like that, right? I mean, they just focused on their on their sport, right? I mean, well, many is to it. The problem with him is chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, sad. Let's let's wrap it up here, guys. Yep. Um, have a great rest of your week. We'll be back at you guys later this week with some boxing talk and and what's going on in the world of boxing. But until then, my name is Bobby Sampson. His name is Mr. Chance Michaels. And in the words of the great ACDC, those that download, like, and subscribe to the podcast, we salute you. We do salute you. Guys, have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you Thursday. Thanks for joining us. Sap and Chats, out.